0: Part three, Chapter 27 of Quo Vatus, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quovatus by Henrik Sinkevich, translated by Benyon and Milevsky. Part three, chapter 27. At dawn of the following day, two dark figures were stealing along the Appian way towards the valley of the Campania. One of them was Nazarius, the other the Apostle Peter, who was leaving Rome and his distracted brethren in the east the sky was already assuming a slight tinge of green which changed gradually into a saffron color from out the shadows appeared trees with silvery foliage white marble villas and the arches of aqueducts stretching along the plain toward the city the green tinge of the sky was becoming shot with gold soon the rays began to redden and illuminate the alban hills which appeared as if wrapped in a violet frame The dawn was mirrored in drops of dew trembling on the leaves of trees the haze grew thinner and unveiled a wider view of the plain the houses that dotted it the cemeteries towns and groups of trees among which gleamed the white columns of temples the road was deserted the peasants who brought vegetables to the city had evidently not yet harnessed their horses the blocks of stone with which the road was paved as far as the mountains echoed from the wooden-soled shoes of the wayfarers the sun rose over the hills and then a wonderful vision burst upon the apostle it seemed to him that the golden disk instead of rising higher and higher in the sky came gliding down from the heights and moved along the road then peter stopped and said dost thou see the brightness approaching us i see nothing replied nazarius peter shading his eyes with his hands continued some figure is approaching us in the gleam of the sun but no sound of footsteps reached their ears nazarius saw only that the trees in the distance were trembling as if shaken and that the light was spreading more widely over the valley with amazement in his eyes he looked at the apostle rabbi what troubles thee he cried in alarm Peter dropped his staff, his eyes looked straight ahead, his mouth was open, his face expressed wonder, delight, ecstasy. Suddenly he fell upon his knees, with his hands stretched out and cried, O Christ, O Christ, and he pressed his face towards the earth, as though kissing someone's feet. There was a long silence. Then the voice of the old man was heard, choked with tears, Quo vadis domine, whither goest thou, O Lord? nazarius did not catch the answer but to peter's ears came a sad sweet voice which said as thou art deserting my people i go to rome to be crucified for the second time the apostle lay on the ground his face in the dust motionless and silent it seemed to nazarius that he had fainted or perhaps even that he was dead but suddenly he arose and without a word turned his back towards the city of the seven hills the lad seeing this repeated like an echo quo vadis domine to rome replied the apostle and he returned paul john linus and all the faithful greeted him with consternation in their eyes their alarm was all the greater because at daybreak just after peter's departure the Praetorians had surrounded the house of miriam and had searched it for the apostle but to all questions he simply answered in a calm voice i have seen the lord and in the evening he went to the ostian cemetery to teach and baptize those who wished to bathe in the water of life and afterwards he went there daily followed by increasing crowds it seemed that from every tear of the martyrs there were born new believers and that every groan in the arena reverberated in thousands of breasts Caesar wallowed in blood, Rome and the whole pagan world went mad, but those who were weary of crimes and bloodshed, those who were downtrodden, those whose lives were a succession of misery and oppression, all the weary and the sorrowful and the heavy-laden, came to listen to the wonderful tidings of that God who, moved by pity for men, had given himself to be crucified in order to atone for their transgressions when they found a god they could love they found that which the world at that time could not give the happiness born of love peter understood that caesar with all his legions could not crush the living truth that it could not be quenched in tears or blood and that now was the commencement of its victory he understood now why the lord had turned him back from the threshold of his journey the city of pride of crime of debauchery and of power was now becoming his city and the double capital whence would issue the rule of the flesh and of the spirit End of part 3, chapter 27